All right. So starting off with the uh, like very basics, what, what is feedback? And this is the definition that we're using. It's an input on, of information which aims at performance improvement. And that can be related to your personal uh, performance, but it's mostly about collaboration. Now, nobody works in a vacuum, so you need to constantly be adjusting little things to make that collaboration work better. And that's where you need feedback. But what kinds of feedback is there? Like uh, people and pretty much actually all organisms get feedback all the time. And it, in its very simplest form, uh, feedback is sensory input. So if I stub my toe and it hurts, that's some feedback that my foot is giving me not to stop my toe again. Like that's the very sim simplest form of feedback. But then when we add just a little complexity to it, we can kind of pick up body reactions, body language, nonverbal feedback. For instance, when I say something and I see a reaction, that is feedback for me, for me that the other person is projecting. But then... Uh, when we still add a bit more complexity, there's this spoken and written feedback. And this is where we talk about reinforcement, redirection, and bringing clarity and understanding to uh, between people. And when people say that they get too little feedback, which is very common, like majority of people uh, say that even um, at least Occasionally, they get too little feedback. They mean exactly this spoken and written uh, types of feedback. So uh, we're talking about also uh, feedback culture, which is a bit different than uh, feedback, or it has more, uh, more uh, complexity to it. So feedback culture is a social setting in which giving and asking for feedback is normal and expected. So with this introduction to the topic, uh, we can start talking with, with Ali. It's so uh, nice to have you here. And you have an, um, a passion for positive psychology, and you're really bringing that to, uh, to work, I would say. So uh, can you tell us a bit, like, what's your role at Silo AI? What are the things that you're working with at Silo? Yeah, sure. So I'm a, I'm a people specialist at Silo. So we have a, a currently two-person people team taking care, taking care of the well-being and, and satisfaction of our, our 150 employees currently. And, and my, my main areas where, where I concentrate are the well-being and, and also the feedback culture. So, so those are two, two really important topics and, and maybe the reason why I'm also here. So, so the feedback feedback has been uh, my, my interest for a long time as well, like before I joined, joined Silo. So how, how to help people to, to get and give uh, better feedback and, and feel more appreciated. Right. So... Um... You also did your thesis on appreciation. Can you share us uh, what were you studying in, in your thesis and what were the findings? Yeah, uh, that yeah you did? That's, that's interesting topic. I, 
I, I was um when Jakko told all the teams what he had been thinking that we could discuss, I was like, uh, I don't know how the 20 minutes is enough because everything is so interesting, I think. But about my thesis, um, I was I was interviewing um, IT engineers about their experiences related to appreciation at work. And, and also um, when, when I was doing my thesis, I of course did an quite quite um, big uh, literature review related to, to uh, earlier research on appreciation. Mm. And, and I think one of the uh, hi highlights is that appreciation is really important in organizations. So, so it, it's not something like nice to have, but it mm. actually has uh, benefits for the whole organization on the organization level uh, related to employee satisfaction and engagement. Uh, but but also on the individual well-being. So so one, if if I can share one <laughs> one highlight from the uh, previous research, uh, the the feeling that you are appreciated in your work, it it, it might actually uh, work as a buffer against stress. Mm. So in those workplaces where people feel appreciated, the stressful environment uh, doesn't affect uh, as badly to well-being. So so it's it's really really relevant thing. Right. So that kind of sounds like uh, something related to job demands and resources theory, where yeah. you, you have actually feedback as a resource that can balance out some of the stressors. Uh, in work, such as high workload or ambiguous goals or some conflicts uh, between people. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So appreciation is one type of feedback also. And uh, at Team Spective, we like to call that reinforcing feedback uh, because you, you want to reinforce something that works already quite well. So reinforcing is kind of the intent uh, behind giving that feedback. But there's also this component of appreciation. So you kind of express that you're on the same team and uh, you're working towards some mutual goals and you respect and appreciate the effort that the other person is putting in. Yes, so, yeah. yes. And I, I think that's the like feedback at its best. Like there is two kind of purposes. So one purpose is that the other person is feeling respected and appreciated uh, and feel belonging to the group. Mm -hmm. But also on the other side, the other person gets feedback on their uh, performance and what they should be doing. And that's actually one like why I like the word reinforcing feedback. Uh, compared to traditional positive feedback. Of course, I, I, I quite often sleep still the word positive feedback, but yeah, I'm trying to avoid it because uh, reinforcing is so much better word if we think about uh, also in my in my thesis, my my interviewees told told that um, when when people are only kind of uh, saying positive buzzwords like, hey, good job, you're doing so great, mm. that's not actually feedback. It is just some like nice words, but you don't know like what was good in your work and, and what is the behavior you should continue doing next time. So then it doesn't feel actually that valuable. So, right. so reinforcing feedback as a word, it kind of uh, includes the expectation that, that there, is, there is some kind of behavior that is reinforced <laughs> and kind of encourages you to keep doing. 
Yes, that's that's brilliant. And I like that because uh, feedback should always be focused on some activity. Would you agree? Or um, I'm, I'm uh, meaning that if uh, you get feedback from some of your qualities or uh, like good job or, or bad job, it's kind of an evaluation of something um, very hard to grasp and you really don't know where to focus on, what to change, what to keep. Uh, so it's really important to focus on something concrete, something that can be observed and then to kind of uh, form your feedback around that because people have control over their own behavior, but they don't have uh, control over their their these kind of uh, skills as a whole uh, or immediate control at least. Mm, and so, I yeah. think that's actually mm. also related to, to growth, growth mindset thinking. So, so when, like, if we only get feedback on our uh, qualities, like you're so smart or you're so mm. um, diligent or you're always <laughs> good at this. Uh, so so um, just quickly, if somebody is not familiar with growth and fixed mindset thinking, uh, it's, it's a theory by, by Carol Dweck that there are two different mindsets that... Uh, Fixed mindset thinking is more like uh, that we think that all the qualities, our skills are, are given and we don't have that many possibilities to improve. Uh, also in fixed mindset thinking, we see mistakes and challenges as bad because they are kind of uh, proofs that we are incapable and we are um, stupid, <laughs> maybe. And, and also in, in fixed mindset thinking, feedback is then... Um, uh, or, or if feedback is related to those uh, qualities only, we are kind of um, encouraging fixed mindset thinking. Mm. Uh, on the other side, the growth mindset, uh, when, uh, when there, then we think that we can actually develop our skills. Uh, we take uh, challenges as good and we see mistakes as nice learning opportunities. So, so when, when we actually give feedback on, on the behavior and action and improvement, that is, uh, that is also uh, encouraging, like growth mindset thinking more. Hmm. Right. So you can actually uh, influence how growth mindsets or uh, fixed mindset forms by the way uh, you formulate your feedback. So it's actually... Yeah it's actually very important to focus on on those things that people can control and exactly like you said like those improvements and behaviors mm. but yeah i i love that the growth mindset is is one of my favorite topics as well all right uh so uh we've been working together for almost a year um uh, between like uh, team perspective and silo AI. Yes. Can you share us uh, what you were working on back then uh, with regards to feedback culture? Like, did you have some, some goals in mind or something concrete that you wanted to achieve or change at Silo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, think, um, I think when we started working, working with TeamSpective, um, the thing we wanted to uh, improve was the peer feedback. So, so if we think about different aspects of, of feedback culture, 
we, we already um, were using then like the pulse questionnaire where uh, employees can give feedback to organization about their, their well-being. And also we had um, quite, quite active appreciation culture. But the thing what uh, we got feedback from our employees that they, they would like to get more feedback like same same feedback what everybody is is giving so so then we wanted to wanted to start planning that how we can uh, make it make it easier and and as part of our our organization culture that people people ask and give actually um feedback to themselves not only appreciation but but also uh redirecting and developmental feedback right so um, how do you approach that? Like it's people have a lot of reservations and possibly like bad experiences where they have been put down by someone and that has been called feedback. So uh, how, how do you convince people to give each other feedback? What's your, what are your <laughs> methods? That, that's a good question, actually. But that, I think the yeah, like important thing is that the that people has to has to want feedback like I, I think you can't really really or the feedback culture is that kind of thing that if the HR is just like coming and saying that hey now we start getting and giving feedback let's start everyone <laughs> it, it doesn't really really work so we have to go a bit uh <clears throat> bit back and start thinking about that uh, do people have motivation i actually can i share one picture now <laughs> yeah i think so uh, can you share your screen i i'm i'm trying yes i can excellent so this is <laughs> this is the <laughs> nice nice picture to highlight like what happens before we can start giving and asking feedback so this is one one interesting uh, interesting thing real, related to behavior change, and if we think about the building feedback culture, it requires behavior change. So people have to start giving and asking feedback. And what what kind of things then uh, are are there? We have to make sure that people have capability, that people have skills to actually give and receive feedback when they get it. So we have been giving uh, feedback trainings trainings at silo related to that then also people have to have motivation like i mentioned no one or the leadership can't really make people to to give give feedback and ask feedback if people don't see what's the point like what why i should be motivated to give give uh, or or ask feedback and i think that is strongly related to growth mindset thinking in the organization uh, then also uh, opportunity so is there a chance or or is is the feedback like a normal part of our organizational uh, practices uh, and and there i think uh, team perspective like feedback tool is is really useful that there is an easy opportunity to to give feedback but also actually team perspective helps with the capability thing because um because in team perspective, for those who haven't used it, it gives you prompts 
on on how to how to form your feedback that is not insulting and how to form uh, reinforcing feedback that is actually uh, related to behavior and those kind of things. So so I think this is this is really nice uh, <clears throat> picture to start when you are starting to develop feedback culture. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. There's a lot to memorize in that picture, and it's it's almost as scary as feedback can be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so um, there's also this uh, Pulse questionnaire uh, that uh, you have been using. So what's your process uh, for that? Why, why are you collecting information from people? What kind of information you're collecting? And then uh, what do you do with that information? Yeah, many important questions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to let you speak for 25 minutes now. <laughs> Thank you, Jakob. Uh, I could start from <clears throat> that why why I think the pulse questionnaire is is important and and why why we use pulse questionnaire. So so pulse pulse questionnaire is usually like com or I don't know if it's an option or more like addition to traditional employee service, like yearly or, yearly or bi-yearly employee service. So Pulse Questionnaire, uh, we, we use Pulse Questionnaire each week, but I know that some, some organizations have it like bi-weekly or once a month, like what is the, what is the good phase for, for your uh, organization. And, and I think the benefit of, of Pulse Questionnaire is that if we only ask uh, employees how they are doing, once once a year it is usually already too late so so when like especially in the in the technology industry where where people or, or it people are really uh, valuable workforce in that sense that many organizations are fighting uh, to get the best best experts and and if we only ask once a year how people are doing uh, it might be that if they are unhappy, there there uh, had been already many headhunting requests from different organizations, and and we didn't get the chance to improve because we maybe didn't know how our people are doing. So I think the pulse questionnaire is kind of uh, having always the finger on the pulse on on employee well-being and satisfaction. And then what, what were the other other questions related to this uh, so what what kind of questions do you use and or do you think some questions are more important than others yeah that's that's good one i think we are we are using almost like the default set uh, by team perspective so so there are questions related to uh, goals like uh, and prioritization, uh, feeling of autonomy, uh, well-being, workload, uh, meaningfulness or motivation, and of course the satisfaction with feedback. Mm. And uh, I think um, I think it really depends on the organization, like what questions are the most important. Like of course we know from the research that there are some uh, some things that always affect people's people's uh, well-being and satisfaction in organization but but then also like when when we know like what are the pain points of our organization uh, then it um, 
then then you can kind of think that okay these are the questions we want to follow more more closely because there are the the challenges usually right so um how how do you see the challenges like uh, what's your process for checking that data or or the answers by by your people uh, how do you review those answers and how do you take action what how do you know uh, when is the right time and who are you going to be talking to next can yeah, you some light? so many so many important questions in the same sentence <laughs> i don't know Sorry where about to that. start <laughs> that's that's no great problem. feedback i i need to work on uh, like the skill of forming less questions at a time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's i i think that's one of the most uh, challenging things like and and also the the area where many organizations uh, fail or or could could improve i think like also us of course uh that that what do you do then with the with the pulse so so quite often employees have the feeling that i just have to fill those questioners and nothing yeah. happens even though i i give the feedback that i'm not yeah. happy with this area and yeah. that can be disengaging if if they think that nothing is going to happen because of those uh, like uh, no one's going to review their answers or this kind of thinking so yeah. yeah yeah like i i think that's that's really really good point i was just uh, recently talking to my friend and at their workplace the the yearly um, employee survey had just launched and then uh, he he was a uh, new in the organization and he asked from more experienced uh, colleagues that hey okay like do you usually answer the workplace survey or how important it is and everybody was just laughing that I'm not wasting my time like because nothing nothing ever happens that you just use 20 minutes to fill it and then nothing happens (laughs) and and of course that's not the thing what we want when we do those questionnaires so I think it's it's really uh, also not, not only for the motivation uh, to answer to the questioner, but also, uh, also I think it's that if you get the information from your employees that that what they are not happy with, like can you really waste that information uh, and 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 not do anything for it? So so usually we we review the pulse pulse results each week when the results are are ready, and then. Mm, and when when we think about pulse questionnaire can, compared to those yearly yearly surveys, I think uh, or my view is that we can't react immediately mm. because uh, also the the benefit of pulse is that we get more uh, more data from a long time, so we don't have only one measurement point. We know that people's answers might. Uh, uh, differentiated quite quite a lot depending on their mood or if mm. somebody something just happened at the workplace you had bad interaction before answering to to the poll it might be that you are giving a different opinion than you would be giving next week so then i think the important point is to follow uh like the trends so if we see that some metric has been going down or is lower compared to last quarter, then we can see that, okay, there maybe has been happening something and we have Mm. to start figuring out 
what might be the reasons behind it, can we do something to improve, uh, should we, should we uh, do a workshop with employees and what would be the solutions. Right. So uh, the Pulse questionnaire is only, um, it only like highlights some areas that should probably be talked about more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, we have this uh, way of thinking about Pulse Questionnaire where you have measure, understand, decide, like MUD, M-U-D. So um, measure is using the Pulse Questionnaire. Everyone preferably answers every time they remember to answer. And then uh, understanding is about talking about the findings. Like whenever there are some themes in, in the Pulse questionnaire that, that are highlighted, the teams uh, should be talking about those in their next meeting or maybe organize a retrospective uh, once a month or, or so to talk about those uh, themes and then make better decisions, like uh, decide how they uh, kind of need to adjust their ways of working uh, to prevent that kinds of uh, uh, well, uh, worsening results in the future. And then, of course, continue measuring because only then you can verify that you have made the right decisions. Yes. Yeah. I think we are almost at the, <clears throat> at the uh, 10.30 mark, uh, but I would have one more question before we're, we start taking the audience questions. Yeah, And sure. uh, what tips would you give to someone who is considering uh, like uh, starting to work with improving feedback culture? Mm. Mm. I, I think uh, the first step is to, is to start by, uh, by uh, studying what is the current state of feedback culture. So what is already happening, but also to define like what what kind of elements we would have in our feedback culture because like i mentioned all organizations are different and and therefore feedback practices also should be different like mm. for example we we have flat organization structure meaning we don't have any any formal managers or supervisors and and that is uh that is also related to how we form our feedback processes because we can't have the traditional uh, setting that the supervisor is having, having or giving the feedback. We have to uh, build more peer feedback structures and think about that how, how we can make sure that people still get the feedback uh, mm. without the, the manager. And also like, of course, we have those uh, pro discussions and those, those kinds of things. But, but still the people uh, who, are, who are hosting those discussions, they are not working with the people on a daily basis. So it's important right. that, that we uh, think about that, how we can help uh, people to get feedback from relevant people. Right, so peers. Yes. Basically, yeah. Okay, thank you for sharing this. Now uh, we, we're going to go into a more interactive, um, section in our uh, webinar and I'm going to first share my screen and I'm going to ask you to open a browser and answer a few questions that we have 
So please go to the, this address. It's menti.com and use this code. Uh, it's eight numbers. So 3174-7963. And we have three short questions. So you can answer anonymously. The first one is, have you ever held back from giving feedback? Let's see if there is some, some uh, feedback guru here who has never held back. I know I have, and I, I think all people have. <laughs> 11 answers, really nice. Okay, wow, we did have that one guy, one person who has never held back. That's amazing. Uh, please share in the comments your, your thinking, like how do you approach feedback? Okay, I think we can move to the next question. And so which one do you think is more scary? Getting feedback or giving feedback? Giving feedback is getting a head start. Uh, getting feedback is also starting to activate there. Nice. Okay, cool. It feels it like being on the horse race or, or something and Jaakko <laughs> is like the, <laughs> the person who is telling what is happening. Yeah. Nice. Okay, 20 answers. Thank you for being so active. This is this is really nice. I agree 100%. I feel much more scared when I have to give feedback. Uh, getting feedback is something I really actually look forward to most of, most of the time. Then last question. When did you last give recognition to one of your colleagues? And we have one, one answer there, yesterday or today. Love it. Jaakko, was it a good idea to add that option? Oh, yes, it was. Alisa <laughs> told me to add uh, that yesterday or today option right before this webinar started. Okay, wow. We have some active recognizers online. That's, that's really good. It's important to recognize those who you work with, especially when you're working remotely. Like they don't get to see you smile. So remember to say, say you appreciate their efforts. That's really nice. Thank you for participation. Now <clears throat> let's go back to the, uh, to the Zoom and to the Q&A section. So we have already two questions there. Please feel free to introduce any, any questions uh, that you'd like us to discuss in the next 15 minutes. So uh, we have a question from Sonia. Uh, what kind of feedback trainings have you had? Any suggestions? This is probably for you, Alisa. <laughs> yes, uh, we have had two trainings and, and we, we had uh, internal trainings for, for the reason because I, I have been pretty much working with feedback. So we were, we were lucky that and, and we didn't get, get an outside uh, trainer. But the two topics of the feedback, so first one was focusing mainly on the, or the topic was psychology of feedback. So we were talking about growth mindset. Uh, psychological safety as a base of feedback culture, 
Uh, I was also uh, talking a bit about neuropsychology and emotions, like how our uh, emotions uh, affect our ability to receive feedback and, and, and improve those kinds of topics. And then the next training was more like uh, part part two, like feedback in action. And there we actually uh, <clears throat> there we actually uh, practiced feedback. So we practiced feedback giving, asking, and receiving. And and um, one of my favorite um, <clears throat> favorite tasks in the in the workshop I, I had prepared. So I I had prepared before some uh, badly formatted feedback <laughs> via TeamSpective. <laughs> and and so, so some kind of uh, feedback, feedback messages that uh, were maybe not the best ones. And, and the task of the, of the groups was to find like what are the, uh, what are the mistakes in the feedback messages and also give suggestions on how to give the feedback in the better way. So we were trying to actually practice <laughs> the skills. <laughs> That sounds very interesting, and I would love to see your materials if you, <laughs> if you can share them. And yeah. I, I'm sure many, many, many others online would like to see those materials as well. Like that sounds like a really professional feedback training. Cool. <laughs> I, I also have my my favorite slides are the uh, uh, pug the dog is one of my uh, or I love how the pugs look, and I have prepared like a slide where it's sad pug, and that is representing all those not so good ways to, to give feedback or receive feedback. And then there is a happy bug slide that is representing all those good ways how to, how to uh, receive or, or give feedback. Excellent. <clears throat> um, then we had another question from Pekka. So uh, how do you see the role of leaders as role models in asking for feedback? And that is an excellent question. And yes. uh, there's there's this old study from the 70s uh, where some anthropologist studied a, <clears throat> a troop of baboons. And those baboons glance at their troop leader every 20 seconds and they model their behavior. And I've used this, this analogy in, in some of my trainings because we do look up. <clears throat> We look up to our leaders and we model their behavior. We dress how they dress, even though we, we might not admit it. And uh, we talk like they talk. So it's definitely, definitely uh, like if you want to build any kind of culture, it has to be leaders first because people, people follow leaders and model their behavior. So um, like getting leaders to ask for feedback uh, would be a natural first step in, in uh, like, like uh, to multiplying that kind of behavior to, to the whole organization. Mm. And I would also add that it, it's not only like a formal leaders, like the management team, but also important is kind of to find those, <clears throat> uh, those uh, emerging leaders <laughs> Or, or ambassadors from the organization who, who are may, not maybe part of the management team or not maybe formal uh, supervisors, but, but people who can help, help to spread the culture by showing an example. Right. Yes, it doesn't have to be um, 
like a formal leader, like you said, very good. Um, people look up to expertise and seniority as well. So uh, we have a question from Tuomas. Uh, greetings from Paris. Uh, how can I ask for feedback beyond company boundaries? I'm in sales and thus sometimes encounter situations where we have been in sales process for a long time and the prospect goes silent after a while with no information on what happened. Perhaps they are scared to give feedback. That's, that's right. Uh, people don't like to say no. And I, I do sales myself and I have that all the time. Like people don't, re like they stop responding. Then, then I have to call them and kind of get the answer, get the no uh, in order to find out why, why not so that we can improve. But I already know that, that answer usually. Um, <clears throat> so um, I, for me, the best way is just to call them. Uh, but haven't you used it for some, uh, some customer cases, Alice? Or do I remember correctly? Like you have asked for feedback from customers. Yeah, that's, that's true. Perspective. But... I'm not maybe the best person to comment on this because mm -hmm. uh, even though the feedback culture is on my responsibility, the client feedback is, is on our sales sales team. But but uh, like related to the question, like the specific question that like what to do when when you don't get an answer, uh, I can share one one uh, concrete tip I got got uh, from my previous boss. And this is this is just uh, I'm not sure like she had tried this at least once or twice and it worked. But uh, <clears throat> if somebody is not not replying you, you can start uh, you can you can try asking that hey I would like to know if I have insulted you somehow or if if oh. I did something that made you feel bad because uh, in in those cases it's natural for people to to be like oh my god it's not that bad <laughs> like I I like it's just it was something else like and then they actually might might give the feedback <laughs> wow that's i'm not a, sure if it's working i haven't tried it myself <laughs> that's a good tip yeah I, i'm gonna try that one day <laughs> thank you now everybody knows like if yaku is trying to sell something like you will <laughs> always use that <laughs> um, i'm a gentle seller i i never force anyone <laughs> yeah okay uh, then uh, we we have a couple of questions also in the chat. Uh, first, let's let's take the one in Q and A. It's from Laura. So feedback is most effective when employees ask for it themselves. Your advice on enabling this and fostering this kind of feedback culture uh, at at workplace. Uh, this is a great question. So it's not a familiar way of working to ask for feedback like most people never ask for feedback because they rely on uh, whatever process they might have already in place it can be a one-on-one -on -one twice a year and they expect to get feedback in that situation but they don't ask for feedback special uh, specifically outside that so it's very important to kind of recognize this that there's a gap, like there's this new behavior that needs to be introduced. And there are a few tips. Uh, one is to use that existing feedback process to facilitate that asking for feedback. So uh, 
there's a one-on-one -on -one, uh, round of one-on-ones coming up in two weeks. Now would be the perfect time for people to collect feedback from their uh, colleagues and peers and maybe customers even. So uh, this is what we're trying to introduce to our customers so that they would actually use uh, like use that one-on-one -on -one to facilitate that new behavior of collecting also feedback from peers. Because despite having those one-on-ones, uh, many, many people are dissatisfied with the feedback they receive at work. So that's kind of a good reason to uh, enrich that existing process with peer feedback. And then the other tip would be leaders first. Uh, and honestly, to have leaders and managers ask for feedback from their people and then be open about what kind of feedback they received, kind of to um, destigmatize uh, feedback, to ma make it look safe for people to ask for feedback, because people are afraid of what they might receive, if that's going to be used against them, but they also don't want to seem needy. Like, like I would mean, <laughs> I'm asking for feedback because I want to be said I'm a good boy. <laughs> that's actually so, really, I, I think that's really important point, like the need, the feeling of neediness and, and the, the like fear of, of looking needy, because uh, like that's, that's the thing what our employees have, have also brought up that, that sometimes it feels like in a growing company when when uh, people have usually quite a lot of work to do and and, and are, are busy people might start feeling that um, maybe maybe like i don't want to disturb anyone or like like bother anyone with my feedback request like maybe they are so busy that can they give me feedback but then when there is actually some processes where it is uh uh required and and that that you should ask feedback then it's kind of a like official part of your job to ask for feedback and and also people should give you feedback when you are asking it so so i think that's really good point yes i i love that like it's it's not um it's not something that you can do it's part of your job to give feedback and to get feedback and i think that's that works especially well in self-directed organizations where there may be, uh, maybe it's not even at all these one-on-ones with manager or coach. <clears throat> mm, and and also I, I think I have noticed that, that of course the best situation would be that people are proactively always asking for feedback after, after and in the middle of important project or after a presentation, uh, like always when they are, they are doing something, they would like to get feedback. Uh, from, mm. but but the but the truth is that it's really difficult to start like that so i i think first we we need to create some kind of structures where the feedback asking is coming more familiar and then people are are getting motivated to do that also mm. spontaneously after after some some situations yes and that's exactly what we would be aiming at like uh, to have feedback sessions uh, or have people ask for feedback, uh, I don't know, maybe once a quarter is, uh, is quite common for our customers. But then, of course, in addition to have that ongoing feedback verbally in, in different situations, to just like invite discussion, like, how did you find it when I said this in that meeting? Like uh, opening up that kinds of dis those kinds of discussions. That's really nice. Yes. 
Um, then we have a few questions on, on the chat. Let's take Hanna's question first. Um, so what are the biggest pitfalls companies face when developing their feedback culture, in, in our opinions? You want to go first? Or yeah, should I? I I'm, if you have something already like on mine, I'm still thinking about what I, I think are the biggest ones. I think uh, the biggest pitfall is to expect things will radically change immediately. Like uh, changing culture or developing culture takes time. Like you need to introduce new behaviors, new habits, and new norms. Uh, into your organization. So that takes a lot of time because people need to change their minds about something. So first, maybe maybe 30 or 40% will change their mind when they receive new information and a new process. Okay, they already change, changed their mind and they start adopting their behavior accordingly. But then the rest, 60% will kind of say, hmm, okay, should we be changing? Like not all people are willing to change their behavior immediately. And uh, you need to stick, stick to the plan. And uh, you need to also share some victories, uh, share some, uh, like be open about what kind of feedback you as a company receive. Uh, you need to use that feedback so, so that people feel encouraged and empowered, which is the topic of today. Like their voices were heard and something was done about some issue that was raised in those past results. So uh, I think this is the biggest pitfall that people and uh, leaders and buyers expect something to radically change immediately. But there may be resistance there, and it may take some time, but it's, it's going to be worth it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I know what I want to share. I don't know if this is the biggest pitfall, but I think this is quite common and really, really important thing. Uh, so, so quite often when we think about feedback, we only uh, think about development or re redirecting feedback, hmm. and and then we might start by adding uh, adding more redirecting feedback. But I think companies should always start from appreciation or appreciative culture because because if people don't feel appreciated then also the redirecting feedback it's not really effective because we might be um, we might not trust people who are giving the feedback we don't trust that they are actually thinking about our best interest we we are not uh, trusting that they know or they have good ideas on on our uh, improvement So, so when, when people feel appreciated and appreciate each other, it's so much easier to build also uh, a feedback culture where, where redirecting feedback is, is given. That's great. Now, we have two more questions, and I'm going to be answering them on LinkedIn today. So you can, you can go and check, check out my responses there. Uh, but thank you, Alisa. Uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. And now uh, we would be uh, 